You are listening to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast, the podcast that teaches self-published children's book authors how to use branding to connect with readers, leverage content to sell more books, and grow a business that goes beyond the book. Being a children's book author means you found a unique way to deliver messages with words and illustrations. But to thrive as an independent publisher, you'll need to master the art of attracting and engaging with readers so that you can sell more books. Join me to learn proven marketing strategies that can be implemented without hassle or complexity to take your publishing endeavors to new heights. I'm your host, Michaela Simone Bain, mompreneur marketing maven, fellow self-published children's book author and content creator. Are you ready to define success on your own terms? Then let's get to it. Welcome to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela, and I want to thank you for joining me today. You are coming with me on a journey, and the journey is to share some behind-the-scenes insights as to why I decided after two years of being an independently published author to finally list my books on Amazon. Now, if you have listened to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast for any period of time, you know that I am an Amazon customer. I have a Pride membership. I receive packages on a very regular basis. Sometimes it's books, sometimes it's not. But none of my books and none of my activity as an author really ever went through that platform. And there are a number of reasons why I'll share. But then I'll also share how my books got there and what about how they got there really got under my skin, but in a good way. Some of the things that I'll share as I unpack this journey to getting my books on Amazon, I hope are able to parallel for you and help you understand if you have been thinking about it, but then decided, ah, maybe I'll wait. I'll give you some insight into why waiting might be the right thing for you, but how taking action can also benefit you wherever you are at any stage in your children's book author journey. And then the last thing I'm going to share is the two reasons why I now have embraced the concept of listing books on Amazon, despite the one thing that truly kept me off of that platform to begin with. So if you're ready to come with me on this journey, know that it's about to be raw. It's about to be real, and I am not holding anything back. Are you ready for this? All right, let's go. So come with me, if you will, back to October of 2022, where I'm on the phone with a recruiter who has expressed an interest in hiring me. And one of the things that attracted her to my credentials on LinkedIn and to my resume is that I've got a ton of experience in marketing, in the print industry, and I also deal with content and publishing. Because she and I had a really good vibe going, she's asking me personal questions, she's asking me professional questions, and we're just really relating to each other. One of the things she let me know is that she had truly done her homework. She told me that she knew I was a children's book author and that she found my book online. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Where did you find it? And what she told me blew my mind. 
She told me that she located my books on Amazon. And if you could imagine the shock on my face, I literally took the phone away from my face, looked at it, and in such great disbelief, was like, how? (laughs) How is that even possible? And the reason it blew me away is because I did not list it there. And I had no expectation that it would be there. So when this woman is explaining to me that she knew what the book was all about and she really loved the concept, I stopped in my tracks and wondered, how did she find it there? But more importantly, how did it get there? So I calmed down the inner voice that said, girl, you ready to go figure out how your book got on Amazon and calmed myself down enough to finish the conversation before I went to the website to see exactly what she was discussing with me was true. And sure enough, it was. Around this same time, I listed my books on Ingram Spark. As a book aggregator, it is their responsibility to connect with as many outlets online and in retail as possible. And it never occurred to me when I listed my books on Ingram that my books would ultimately find their way to Amazon. So I had to call the people at Ingram to find out exactly who did they send my listing to. And of course, they can't give you that level of detail. But what they can do is tell you when a book has sold and if a book sells through any of their connections through their channel, you have visibility to that. Well, because I was doing this experiment at the time, check out episode 20 where I explain the entire experiment. My books were legitimately put on Ingram, but I didn't anticipate them going to Amazon as a result. And I really thought that if there was a way that I could keep my books from being placed on Amazon, that would be allowed by checking a box somewhere within Ingram to say, yes, I want it to go there or no, I don't. And turns out that's not the case. And I didn't know that at the time. But something else I didn't know until I found that my books were listed there is that there's this double dip that occurs when the book aggregator lists your book on Amazon on your behalf. You take the portion that they are allowed for their royalty split and Amazon also gets paid a royalty split. So in my disdain for the entire way that went down, I pulled my books from Ingram Spark. But before I did that, I was forced to go look at Amazon more closely And the more closely I looked at Amazon, the more I started to sense the potential. First order of business was removing my books from the book aggregator so that the double dip that I mentioned of me being hit twice for royalty fees didn't occur. Hey, it's Nikella. Real quick, I got a question for you. Have you already subscribed to the Children's Book Marketing Podcast? If you haven't, then I want to invite you to do that right now on your favorite streaming service. That way you never miss an episode. 
Each time an episode goes live, you'll always be notified and it will be there waiting for you so you never have to try to go find it and lose track of it among the hundreds of other things that you have going on. When you subscribe, you're showing your support, of course, and I appreciate that. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Now, back to the podcast. I took that time to figure out what might be the best use of this blessing in disguise. And what it landed me on was something that got past all of the hesitation that I had for the prior two years. What was I hesitating about? Well, quite simply, just not having a clear picture of how I could leverage the channel. Until this point, it had never been a priority for me to list my books on Amazon. There are lots of different ways that you can list and sell children's books. And one of those ways that has been really effective for me was selling direct from my website. Another had been working with wholesale opportunities that are bookstores and boutiques that serve the same community of buyers that overlapped with my ideal reader. Whether that's a retail boutique for kids, apparel and merchandise that happens to have a bookstore or some other kind of retailer, we're in alignment where we have the same individuals that we target. And then the other way, of course, was with bulk sales. My books sold direct. The profit was anywhere between 65 and 100% on the sale of every book. And driving traffic to my website and using my email marketing strategy was working quite well. So I didn't feel like I needed Amazon. But then I started to deconstruct the model and I started to really ascertain from all of what I was hearing from other authors, what the concerns were and how I could get around them. So one of the reasons I hesitated is because I didn't have a clear strategy for profitability. See, for me, volume gains were never the priority. It was always about margin and never intending to write a ton of books with the goal of having so many books available on Amazon that people would have an opportunity to sift through my catalog and just purchase whatever I had available was never the goal for me. My intention from the very start has been take the book in a series, build a brand around it. And preferably doing that direct to reader is what had been the priority because there's the profitability. So that's one reason I hesitated. Another reason I hesitated is because I kept hearing too many complaints from other children's book authors. Whether we were in a room on a chat conversation and clubhouse or whether we were in a Facebook group, authors in these spaces always made it feel like Amazon was a lesser of two evils. The other evil being, if you don't want to use Amazon, sell it yourself. And I'm comfortable with sales on my own. So that really didn't resonate with me. This litany of complaints people had, because if they could have avoided it, seemed like they would have. Some of the complaints that I was hearing were, it really didn't pay enough money margin-wise, didn't pay frequently enough because of the cycle of payment that Amazon uses. People were complaining about other children's books being written 
that were identical to theirs because their work was being copied by people in other parts of the world. And then the lack of control over pricing just made the margins too unattractive. I was just like, okay, well, if everybody is complaining about Amazon as a channel, probably someplace I should avoid until I know more about it. I'll stay away was more of the stance that I took on that. But then I heard some good things, not to say that it was all bad. I had some authors who are in my community say Amazon was the best thing that ever happened to them because it put them in front of more people. And that Amazon proximity with the number of buyers that are Amazon's customers worked out well for them because they were getting enough volume from their sales to make it worthwhile. So it was like a 50-50 shot, depending on who I was talking to. And I didn't want the odds <laughs> to ever be out of my favor. So I decided y'all can have that. But then another reason I hesitated is because I felt like the lack of relationship building that exists with Amazon customers and the seller of products on Amazon could in some ways be prohibitive to the strategy that I already had in place, being one that is very heavy on the email communications and marketing and driving traffic to the website through direct sales initiatives and campaigns. So that's just three reasons I hesitated. There are more. <laughs> I also hesitated because one of the most coveted things about having your book do well on Amazon is that Amazon bestseller badge. And for me, that was never such an attractive feature that I cared to go after it once I learned just what was involved with it. Now, if I am about to help you understand that Santa Claus is not real, basically you choose a category that may or may not be the right category for your book and little effort is required to achieve sales in certain categories for whatever that duration of time is that Amazon wants people to use. So for me, it was never something that was so glamorous to have that badge, although a lot of people appreciate it and wave it proudly. And I understand that there is pride in having someone acknowledge the best seller badge was bestowed upon them. However, it's not something that ever really moved me. And because that type of an accolade wasn't something that stood out as a need for me, I was like, okay, you know, that's cute. You can have that one, enjoy it, use it to your advantage and allow that to do whatever it does for you. We talking about New York bestselling, different story. But since we're not, <laughs> I wasn't that enthusiastic about it. So that's the fourth reason why I just really wasn't that intrigued by being on Amazon. And then the last reason I would say I wasn't really that enthusiastic about it is because it seemed like another channel with more work. And I've always from the very start said that whatever channel you prefer is going to require effort, whether you sell direct from your website, from a domain that you own, or you choose another platform. It's necessary to learn the platform, understand it well, figure out the nuances, the ins and outs, and all of the things that will help you to be successful, whether that is to go direct 
or to use a marketplace. Either way, it's going to be work. You choose your heart. And I had chosen my heart, which to me didn't seem all that hard, but to a lot of people, I understand it can be challenging because e-commerce in and of itself directly from a website is a business all on its own. So those are five reasons why I hesitated. And you're probably wondering, hmm, if you hesitated, why would you even change your mind about it two years later if you were doing well with sales? Well, that's a really good question. I'll tell you why after the break. Since you are a listener of the Children's Book Marketing Podcast, you know that it's strongly advised for you to start marketing your children's books before it's time for you to even print them. Part of the reason is to make sure that you can pre-sell your books to an audience of buyers, buyers who are ready to help you recover your investment in self-publishing, but also to prepare your community for what's to come with all of the wonderful things that they can do to support you and how your author journey can help them shape their direction of learning and entertaining and enriching their children. Well, if you're not sure what to do while you're still self-publishing, go get my free ebook. It's going to tell you the three stages of your children's book marketing launch, and you can begin doing these well before your book is ready for print. It's available on the website, childrensbookmarketing.co slash resources. Now, back to the episode. I am not for one second going to let you believe that I just woke up one day and decided that Amazon is where I wanted to be. That is not at all what happened. In fact, it was through multiple conversations with people who are children's book authors and with people who are effectively utilizing the platform who are not selling children's books at all. For them to help me understand the potential really shifted my perspective. One of the people that I talked with explained how working with Amazon's platform complements what is done in other platforms that they work on. Another person that I spoke with who happens to be a children's book author as well, and I probably need to have her on here on the podcast one day so that she can share more of the ins and outs of this because she's been on Amazon since day one. Well, another person told me that her ad strategy is what more than anything made the difference for her in sales on Amazon that sets apart her experience from what I was hearing from a lot of others in our space. And then someone else who sells products in a category that has nothing to do with children's books explained to me just how he has been able to utilize data in all of the power that it has been able to afford for him to make decisions. And because I am a very strong analytical thinker, that really pivoted my perception. That really took it for me from the nice to know, this is cute, great information, I appreciate you, to wait a minute, I can do something with that. And so as a result of these conversations with these people that I consider advisors and these people who I consider people that are trustworthy because they have shared with me a greater degree of insight than I ever would have ascertained just in our space alone, really made me grateful to reconsider the platform. And so 
Ultimately, there were three things that swayed me. The first is that the marketplace nature of Amazon means that there's already an audience of people who are looking for ways to spend money. People don't just land on Amazon to see what's hot and just to do research. People have credit cards that are on file within the platform. People have an interest and a set of products and purchases that are historic in their account. And I am one of these people. So I am keenly aware of the suggestions that Amazon make that help to enlighten me toward finding new products. That in and of itself made the platform more valuable for me just because there are people who come there ready to buy. Not to say that people don't shop on Instagram and Facebook. They are in many cases interrupted by opportunities to buy that take them away from whatever they initially logged into the platform for, but not in the same way as with Amazon, where the whole premise is to come here so you can buy something. That is something that I saw far more favorably than I had in the past. Another thing that swayed me is the ability to more distinctly target with ads for purchases that are complementary to the type of items that I sell. It just makes it a little bit more distinct, the ability to target your buyers using Amazon ads. And I compare these ads to ads on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, where there's more of a general social component as opposed to the ready to buy audience. Combine that with the fact that around October, November timeframe, Facebook ads became a lot more expensive. I had to really reconsider where I wanted to spend more of the money to drive more of my sales. And then the last thing that swayed me is that there are internal communities within Amazon that I had no knowledge of. Communities that help with promotion, communities that help with influencing, communities that help with making visible more products for more people and being able to utilize those platforms with something that I enjoy, content, is something that really got me excited. And I didn't even know that Amazon had that. So being able to go live on Amazon to talk about products for people who are ready to buy and potentially interested in making a purchase while the live is happening is great. But even because the lives can be saved and that turns into evergreen content, that also was attractive to me. And I didn't know that was happening on Amazon. So I credit the handful of people that I consider my advisors in making this decision the same way that they share it with me, I'm sharing with you because those were what ultimately shifted my perspective about Amazon. And now that my books are there and some of the amazing things that have begun to happen as a result of me utilizing some of these other areas of Amazon's platform, I can share a lot more about that journey with you. Now, if you're still on the fence about whether or not Amazon is the right move for you, I totally get it. It's a huge place to show up in a sea of other books that are listed that might be a lot like yours. And it might not be the right time for you yet to determine whether Amazon is a hard no. You might not yet have found 
what about Amazon is going to work best for you? But I urge you to do that. And I urge you to take a hard look at what type of work you might be willing to do to reach your goals as a children's book author. Now, I just shared a ton, basically opened my head and poured out everything that has transpired with the decision around why Amazon to prioritize now, even though it hadn't been in the past. And I hope you understand that sometimes a platform may or may not suit you, And you have to do the work necessary to figure out whether it will or whether it won't before you completely rule it out. Now, I've never totally ruled out Amazon, but I remember saying quite a few times, not likely or not yet or maybe later. But ultimately, I'm glad I decided to jump into this sandbox because it is complementary to what I do in other aspects of my author journey. So if this was helpful for you, make sure you leave a review on Apple. That way I can get your feedback. I can hear from you what your experience has been. And if there's anything that was shared with you during this episode that helps to shift your perspective or open your mind in ways that it might not have been previously. All of these details will be available in the show notes as well as in the transcription of this episode. So if you want to check that out, feel free to go to the website at childrensbookmarketing.co. That's also where you can grab my free digital resource to help you identify other places where you can sell your children's books. You might not have thought of some of these and there's more than a dozen that you could be using. So go there to check that out, download it for free, take it with you. And if any of those places that you could be selling your children's books are not currently places where you are, do what's necessary to make it happen. Catch you in the next episode. Thanks again for joining me today.